thank you for listening and growing the ESBC Podcast Network. And uh, the purpose of the podcast, like always, every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome, right? So the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. Uh, I always say that because uh, politicians and athletes are hypocritical. They say, I'm doing it for the people, right? Trevor Bauer said, we're doing it I'm with the Dodgers for the people. I want to win another championship. And the people want to uh, get an autograph from him at the hotel, and he blows him off. So we know he's going to do it because Trevor Bauer is pitching for the Dodgers for the money. <laughs> right? So that's why we're doing the, the podcast as well. And because that is what we do. We, we give you information you can't get anywhere else. And at the same time, uh, we are as honest as we can be because that's the way you learn. If you're not being 100% real and raw, nobody can call you out on your flaws because they're, they're you know, it's like, oh, what face am I talking to? Am I talking to the mask? I'm talking to your public face, not your private. So you don't learn anything. And we're more di uh, the same that we are different. So there's really no uh, advantage trying to be somebody else and not being frank and forth, uh, right. So that's one of the main purposes. And the outcome has been, uh, we're up over, way over 500% with our sports betting. Uh, yesterday, Portnoy got mad at Robin Hood. We got Robin Hood numbers with our financial strategy where we use business and financial strategies. I have an MBA, securities licenses. We use business and financial strategies. We teach you to, to make money that way in business. And we use sports betting as a vehicle for that. That's why we're at 67, 68, 69. Want to finish the college basketball season at 75%. It's 52.5% is break even, and we make a lot of money, and we'll make a lot of money, more money in, in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a big true crime guy, and I brought uh, Mike Christianisi to help me on this podcast because Mike Christianisi knows people, very, very successful with his family, his kids, his businesses, known him for a better part of a decade. So we can bring you insight into people because one of these, this is the purpose and an outcome of the podcast. And every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So one of the outcomes and purposes simultaneously is that you, to survive and do well, have to know your surroundings. And you have to know your surroundings in detail. And yeah. we're bringing, everybody loves true crime. I love it a little bit more than Mike Christianisi, but we're bringing a twist to true crime and we're connecting it to uh, horse racing, right? Because there's a lot of horse racing here in Southern California and it's been part of our lives pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And there's a lot of layers there. And we had a great podcast that we'll make sure it's on the series with uh, Tim Conway Jr., right? His dad was a legend in Hollywood. He talked about how he learned math at the horse track, right? Those connections he made with his father at the horse track. So 
we're teaching you those connections. We're teaching you pretty much at the end of the day, my wife's been a psycho successful psychotherapist for 17 years. We're gonna bring in a lot of insight into the criminal mind, right? Uh, and into the people around you. And we're gonna learn not only from mistakes we've made, but from mistakes that the people we are going to profile have done. So on this podcast, what we're gonna do is we're going to, we've been following maximum security, $12,000 horse that sold for whatever, 36 million becomes a $36 million horse. How does that happen, right? Uh, big criminal indictment. Uh, we talked about Jason Service. We talked about George Navarro. But then we got into what will be a big part of the series is paid off politicians who get paid off for millions upon millions of dollars. And what are they thinking? What is their insight? Because it will be comprehensive. This is our kind of off-season comprehensive profile. And the profiles we'll do today are kind of what the profiles you do before writing a script for a movie where you come up with a backstory. And then you see in series, you know, Superman, whatever. They come up with a backstory of different characters as we develop in deep what happens with horse racing and true crime. So along with us to give us insight is Mike Pristinisi, Accurate Business Coaching, ADA Compliance, right? And uh, we're, in a, we're intertwined, keep, keeping it real, the legitimate uh, front of the line business that we go through to be able to profile these people and uh, monetize it, right? Because if we don't monetize it. We don't eat and live as well as we do. So thank you so much for uh, coming along with us, Mike Christinisi. Yeah, thank you, Josh. I just wanted to share with the listening and viewing audience that when you or we explore and we probe, we're really probing the human dynamic, the human mind, the human emotions, the, the conditions that lead to why people make decisions, why they go left or right or up or down or good or bad or what have you. And over the last few years, we've known each other. We've talked about everything from soup to nuts and now bringing it together for the viewing and listening audience to say, well, yeah, so what guys? So how do I benefit from this? I'll tell you how you benefit from this. Pay close attention, take notes, listen, listen to learn. Don't listen to argue. I've been saying that for better part of 35 years. If men, primarily men, will listen to learn and not listen to argue, I will guarantee you they will take away from this podcast. Every time we meet, we talk about that. How did a Jorge Navarro go from this really good horse trainer kind of guy, okay, Joe, to he's very, very wealthy, but everything he does is illegal. Well, something must have happened in between there. And we're going to explain that tonight as we walk through this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, uh, folks that commit crimes, right, uh, and are in illegal activity, uh, 
not all of them get caught, right? And some people are protected. Like part of the story is uh, Jared Kirshner and the guy who heads the, the Saudi family, right? And we'll get that to that when we get to the George Navarro part. Uh, both, well, Jared Kirshner's dad committed uh, multiple felonies, was prosecuted by Chris Christie, and then pardoned by Donald Trump. So he got away with his crimes. So not everybody gets caught, right? And that's it. And I would encourage everybody to listen to everything in a series because the first and second podcast, we discussed that. We discussed selective prosecution. And we discussed what's the difference between what's unethical, uh, what's immoral, what's illegal, who gets caught, who doesn't get caught, gets caught, and the, the amount of money involved. Now, uh, knowing is half the battle. Like everybody's going crazy over Wall Street bets, uh, going crazy over Robin Hood, uh, the returns. We've given you those returns if you listen. And people have reaped the benefits from it. And uh, in the Bible, Jesus healed 10 guys of leprosy. And only two came back to say thank you. And the old joke was that one of the people that came back to say thank you for Jesus was because they had dropped a $20 bill. And you know that Jesus is the apostle would have a $20 bill for him. So long story short, uh, on the Twitter page and on the reviews, We've gotten great reviews, but that's only about 20% of the people who have made money listening to the podcast and continue to use them on business and financial mm -hmm. uh, concepts. So we're going to go through Jim Desmond. We're going to profile him. Uh, and we're going to do it, of course, unfiltered so we learn and we can learn from you. And then we'll go to Carl Mayo. I encourage everybody to listen to the Carl DeMaio podcast twice because uh, listening to Raw Memory and just going through a couple of clips, there's some really deep insight and some really current information that you cannot get any. I don't care if you're listening to Fox News, CNN, OAN, MSNBC, you are not gonna get the depth for current events and news that uh, we were able to provide on that podcast. And then we'll close finishing our profile of uh, George Navarro, which he doesn't even know the depths of what uh, he was involved in, right? And he will never know, but we all need to know these levels and depths uh, really to monetize it, right? So you don't qualify for a stimulus, right? I'm happy I, I do not qualify for any stimulus. I get my own stimulus, right? <laughs> I get my own stimulus tonight on Pac-12 basketball. I give it to myself and I get, you know, paid myself, right? Tonight, right? Currently, as we speak here, on my Bitcoin card, and then I go and I use it for anything I want. And lucky, fortunate, and good, 10th year in a row, 
that uh, Anna's gasoline has been paid through sports betting. Hmm. This year we clinched that, but we're cheating this year because she doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> we haven't filled the tank in gas in like three months, but uh, it's a blessing to be able to do that in the richest country in the world where you can just predict the outcome of uh, hmm. and pay for your whole gas for the whole rest of the year. So you do a great job of pro profiling Jim Desmond and how he, and we're gonna tie it in how it fits into the horse racing true crime. So uh, when you first said, hey, let's get Jim Desmond, you gave me a little snippet of him. And now when you know where I'm going with all this, uh, what are your thoughts and what is the insight that Jim Desmond gave us that uh, we can't get anywhere else? And talk about his background, uh, you know, him being a pilot, and uh, being mayor of San Marcos. Well, it was interesting because right off the bat, he very thankful for the opportunity, which that tells you something. When people are thankful for an opportunity to present their case, quote unquote, right? Right. So Jim, start off by saying, thank you guys, Mike, Josh, appreciate this. By the way, the United States Navy is what got me to where basically I am today. So he was in the Navy for a while, Navy pilot, obviously, and then spent I think 33 or 34 years with Delta, which he didn't say Delta in the beginning. In the end, he finally did. Right. He had to take a, almost a forced retirement, a number of pilots because of some issues and so on. But in the meantime, he talked about how he really got started in his quote unquote political career. And now, let me stop you there, right? Sure. Okay, so he's a pilot making 350 grand a year. Now he's making another about the same on the San Diego border they run a country that they call county commissioner and Orange County called the supervisor. Uh, I think in San Diego is called the San Diego County Board, right? He says you're a board member, board yeah. of supervisors. Board of yeah. Right. Now let me let me back you up a second. So when you're in the Navy, you're not making 350 grand a year. You're, you're he got out of the Navy, became a pilot. Yeah. So he, when he retired to force retirement. He's right. like 350 and his retirement is going to be around $200,000 a year. Okay. It's not that. We don't know. And the reason we don't know is because we don't care, right? right. How much right. is perhaps his retirement from the Navy was, or did he even get one? Or it was just. I don't know how many years he was in the Navy. I don't think he retired out of the Navy. I think he got yeah. out of the Navy. But he, he also became an entrepreneur. He started his own engineering firm. He went to San Diego State. Tech firm, yeah, tech, science, tech, smart firm. So, this right. guy is a really smart, nice guy. Yes, a good businessman. And like he said many times, Josh, I had to sign the front of the check. Not right. The now, I think personally, and I've been, I'll be 69 years old in March. I think our politicians should have to have been in business for five years or eight or 10 before they get in politics. You know why? Right. If you don't understand how business works and you don't understand how at the end of Friday afternoon, Friday evening, you don't have any money left to pay yourself, but you had to pay your employees. You understand economics way better than most people. Yeah, and, and if you don't do that, you sound like AOC. Well, or others, yeah. yeah. We don't get political on the podcast. We try to keep it kind of neutral business. But right, right. listen to her. She, great, you were a bartender, but you never had the responsibility of meeting somebody who has, payroll has four kids and 
You want them to get a retirement. You want them to save to go to school and to feed those four kids at the same time. Right. And if, for example, in some couple, three weeks or a month, your sales are down on your business and you still have to pay the employees at the end of Friday evening, you go home to, in this case, I did this many times to my wife and say, honey, here's what our little baby looks like. It's $193 and 12 cents. And my wife would say, Mike, is this going to (laughs) grow? Is this going to grow next week or it better? And so you understand risk reward. You understand you sacrifice for your employees and for your families. And that's one thing that I think Jim Desmond, I, my perception, I know him pretty well for the last 15 years. He's a person who cares about people and does what he can to help you and not just a political thing. He volunteers. And that's one thing he said that got him involved in politics. Like I'm circling back. He volunteered initially just to serve on some kind of a, a volunteer committee in town. And next thing you know, he was on a, I believe, a school board. And then somebody said, Jim, you ought to run for mayor. And this is 20 years ago. And he ran for mayor of San Marcos and did a great job leading that city for years. And then he's somebody, forward thinking, right? So that's why he, he's on forward the podcast thinking. today. Yes, forward thinking. thinking. Okay, this is a podcast and I can get the right kind of lead, right? Because if people listen to podcasts, the patient, and want uh, salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term long-term business women think long-term so they're they're ready because the podcast is about storytelling right yes. and to be able to tell a story you have to know the backstory yes so jim desmond is the opposite of a lot of board members we'll talk about who don't have the financial skills that he has because he's like i do not need the money you know 200,000 and 300,000 that he's making on the uh, on the board plus the 200,000 he's making in retirement before it was 300,000 in salary as a pilot plus god knows how much he sold that business for he does not need the money but a lot of the board members that are going to be on the seniors do need the money right. and do you recall what he said when i told him and uh, he didn't refute the story at all he knew exactly what I was talking about. The guy that comes in to the meetings with the politicians with a bag, right? And they say, hey, uh, quid pro quo, right? Uh, quid pro quo for this cash, cash for vote, which you say, oh, wow, that sounds illegal, sounds immoral, sounds unethical. And really, that's only if you get caught. And you got to remember, very interesting when you talk about it. In Orange County, uh, the DA's office, and people thought it was going to change when you got a new DA, but it hasn't changed, right? There's a policy not to investigate uh, political corruption, local political corruption. So that basically gives free reign for people to take $5,000, or I'll put a link in the episode notes to the councilman in LA who got caught doing what they're doing here in Lake Forest. But Lakes Forest, this uh, LA, especially when they're new DA, does not have that policy, right? Mm-hmm. Where you take cash to vote for XYZ. Uh, I know back East, 
that's done. But back east, uh, from my experience, what I've seen with my both eyes, it's institutional, institutionalized corruption. However, they don't take it as far as they do here. They never um, don't kill the, the goose that lays the golden egg. They never do long-term harm to the community. And they actually try to take the money and do as best they can for the community, right? Uh, and that and that's the way it is. And you won't hear that anywhere else, but you see it, right? You see yeah. it when you drive, it doesn't matter what city it is, San Diego to Tampa to New Orleans, you'll drive the same road <clears throat> and they've been doing construction there for 30 years. <laughs> that same, right. Right. same route and, and that's what it is, you know? So Jim Desmond, what does Jim Des Desmond do, Mike Prestonese? So one thing Jim does is he spends a lot of time with town hall meetings. He spends a lot of time meeting with the constituents. And I'll say this. What does he tell the, the bad guy, the guy with the money? He says, you know, that's not how we do things, to be honest. Honestly, the Jim would tell you that. And what, well, he's what, what he said is, I'll take the money and I will not vote because you gave me the money. However, I'll listen to you first. Right. This is fair. That's correct. That's correct. And anybody on this podcast, listening or viewing, has been in situations where they want to influence somebody. Okay. Let's be real honest. There are people I want to influence in my life. There are attorneys I work with in the ADA world, American Disabilities Act. I want to influence them. I want to teach them. You say, well, that's a little arrogant, Mike. No, it's not because most attorneys don't know the nuances of ADA. They may know business law, they may know estate planning, they may know whatever. They don't necessarily know ADA. And a lot of times in the last 15 years, I've created really good relation by just helping them. I'm a resource. I'm not there to pontificate and bloviate and say, you don't know what you're talking about, you're an idiot. I don't do that. They're not idiots, they're very smart people. And the way that it's like uh, Dale Carnegie, how do you win friends and influence people? You don't put your finger in their face and point it and say, hey, you're wrong. That doesn't do anything good. What does good is to say, Josh, I don't think you and I are on the same page. I, please explain to me again why you believe this or how did you come to this belief? Or why do you believe so passionately this? You know, we were talking earlier about legitimate business and I hope our listeners and viewers pay real close attention. I have been for years involved in helping minority contractors in the construction arena, learn the trades, and get bigger jobs so they can get bigger wages and grow their companies. And if you don't have a basic understanding of simple things like accounting and payroll, which is really prevailing wage in California, prevailing wage is very complicated and it's different from city to city and county to county. If you don't know that, don't jump in that arena and say, well, I can do it, I can do it. No, you can't, no, you can't. Even the experts make mistakes. And so the whole idea of what our podcast is about to help people is if you'll listen, you'll learn things about business that you're not going to hear someplace else. Like I've told many people, your professor wrote a book called The Theory of Business. Has he ever owned a business? No. So his book is just that. It's a theory. And he's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And he's tenured to teach you the theory of business. Has he ever made payroll on Friday afternoon? 
No. So what right. is he down, down this road that, that we're talking about? You commit crimes like the people that we're going to talk about in this true crime story. Yeah. So how does Jim Desmond fit in the board member that we'll hear about in the series of true crime? He is the opposite, right? So you have yeah. uh, the protagonist and the antagonist. Yep. You have certain behavior, 16 different types of personalities. And we're getting into the criminal personality, right? And he commits the true crime connected to the horse racing world. So if Jim Desmond is on a racing board or if he's, he's, he's the politician that when you listen to the first podcast and the second podcast, Mike Gill talks about, well, the judges are paid off. The board members are paid off. The board member Mike Gill's talking about on the first and second podcast is Jim Desmond, or the opposite of Jim Desmond. So Jim Desmond says, I will take your money, no problem with that. And for that money, I will listen, right? Coach Mike talked about in the beginning about listening, right? I was listening to somebody talk today and say, oh, most problems are failure to communicate. And the, the genesis, right, the root of failure to communicate is not uh, listening, right? And, and sometimes you have to fake it, right? Listen empathically, right, with empathy. Now, you might not have empathy for that person. You might, should not have empathy for that person. That person might have created those problems, but to have a 360 understanding, you fake the empathy to fully have a full grasp of what the heck is going on. Because again, one of the main tenets of the podcast, and it's not, it's basic and everybody has to know and be aware of their surroundings, but a lot of people don't know it with the depth they need to be able to survive and be able to get out of certain situations. Because another point, and I talk about it a lot in the sports betting, is that real intelligence is situational intelligence, right? Long-term thinking, higher-level thinking, but it's situational. That's why. Uh, Mike Pristanisi and I have been able to beat lawyers in court, people who know the law better than us, probably smarter, more talented to us. But in that situation, we were able to beat them. Um, and I know why, because I've known him for a decade, because we were more prepared and we knew more about that specific situation than anybody in the room, including the judge. The judge, what does the judge care about his golf game? I didn't care about you or what's going on, right? And, you know, my whole thing is always in a quick 10 second sentence, communicate to the judge that if he doesn't rule in my favor, he's gonna get in trouble, right? Uh, and make it very, very clear what happened. And that's how you, you self-represent yourself and you win in court. And like uh, Coach Mike is talking about, be able to win specific situations consistently, all right? 
So that's Jim Desmond. So from Jim Desmond, the board member, Mike Gill talks about, he makes decisions, takes payoffs, and is part of the crime and the corruption in the horse racing industry. We'll go to Carl DeMaio. Then when my first instinct will say, okay, uh, politician, right? Because he's run for office. Uh, he's worked for government in Washington. He was on the San Diego City Council. Uh, why is being on the San Diego City Council a big deal? Because San Diego is the top 10 city in the United States, the richest country in the history of mankind is the United States. So he was on the city council of the 10th richest city. Remember, we're in California. California, if you took California out of the United States, they're the fifth largest economy in the world, right? So that's why these people are important. Yep. And that's why it's a big deal. We got on the podcast talking to us, not just talking to us. We're talking about meaty, actionable information you can take with yeah. you, make money tonight if you want, or tomorrow make money at your job or whatever you're doing, because that's what we're about. And that's the gift we get back from people. So Carl the Mile, what are your thoughts on Carl the Mile? And uh, I got a few points of what we learned from, from him and how he fits into horse racing true crime. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Carl DeMaio is a, he's motivated. He has uh, energy to want to do things. And I believe if I can look inside his heart and see in the heart of hearts, here's a guy who wants to help people. He's all about, he was all about fighting the gas tax in California. That was a big deal. And those of us that drive the freeways here in Southern California, why is gasoline $3.80 a gallon? I wish someone could answer that question without all the fluff and the baloney. So he's trying to repeal some of the well, gas. Well, on a deeper level, uh, and that's something that people get wrong, especially on the local level, right? So it's this. And it's the reason this country started, right? Uh, taxation without right. representation. And when I say that local political corruption is not a victimless crime, because that corruption hits to the heart of democracy and freedom, right? When a local politician is corrupt with your taxpayers' money, that's taxation. It's really misrepresentation, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be represented. So it's taxation without representation. And that's what the gas tax is because of the way things are rigged. They can just arbitrarily without science. Okay, follow the science. Let's, okay, let's follow the science. Follow science. Arbitrarily, without any scientific proof, uh, stealing your tax money. That's why it's so important to me that I don't mess around with it, right? That tax <clears throat> on gas, because we live in the richest country in the world, um, it's being paid by betting money. <laughs> I'm not messing with the gas. I'm betting on a basketball game and have that pay uh, that that gasoline illegal tax that uh, Carl mm -hmm. Mayo, who we had on the show, very deep. Listen to it. It's a lot of depth to that. Yeah. Um, talked about. Uh, he talked about, like I said, he also talked about um, 
one thing that he said to do, and I think it's important for all of us to do, is to get involved in whatever level you can get involved in and stay involved. Cool. And Let me ask you this, right? Because I asked him, what keeps him motivated, right? What helps him with mental toughness? What makes him keep coming back? Because he lost a congressional uh, seat one time by a very narrow margin, and he lost it due to what we all know now. The guy even got charged with a felony, but got um, he paid he paid Marlargo to get a pardon. So it's a little six degrees of saturation. We had close. Uh, Duncan Hunter. So he lost to Duncan Hunter uh, based on some corruption, but he comes back with a gas tax. Uh, he comes back with a Newsom recall, and he said, the reason I'm able to come back is because I'm rich, because I'm wealthy, because I have money. What do you think about that? Well, when he said that, I I, I didn't think it was a tongue-in-cheek comment. I thought it was a very, serious. Yeah, it was a very straightforward, very honest answer, meaning I, I really can't be bought by the politicians, what I heard. Okay. Right. And I thought to myself, and much, I'm going to go back to Jim Desmond just for a moment. And I want to clear one thing up. Jim Desmond would not just take the money. He would say, okay, listen, I'll hear your story. If there's money that you're going to give to the coffers, great, put it in there. We'll figure something out. That's the Jim Desmond I know and appreciate. Uh, DeMaio, I think pretty much the same thing, different uh, perspective. But I get that Carl is interested in helping the people of California, obviously helping himself. I mean, he, we're... This is, a, this is the kind of business, Josh, that people have to understand. You don't get into business because it's altruistic. You have to get into business to make a profit. If you don't, you should get out of business and get into a nonprofit or be hired by somebody. If you're going to be in business as an entrepreneur, you have to focus on top line revenue, expenses, bottom line, net profit before tax, and net profit after tax. That's how it works. If you don't like it, and, and, and that kind of trigger, I'll put in the uh, episode notes, uh, the conference we did, right? We did a great conference and I'll put it on there. Remember mm -hmm. you were there. Yeah. Uh, it was a great conference on diversity. We had, I haven't seen, let me know if you've seen, but I haven't seen a diverse panel. We had ultra left Bernie Sanders and we had ultra right uh, Taylor Green on the same panel. And everybody got along and we had a great discussion. And one of the very smart female attorneys said, you don't become a CEO, you don't become rich by being nice. By being nice. That's true. Now, a lot it of- gives people, a real honest answer. Like you said, and you a lot don't of people, get anywhere else. What, yeah. what podcast, what show where people say, hey, the reason I was able to bounce back, the reason I'm able to do well, the reason I'm mentally mental tough is because I'm rich. I have, I like have money, right? Mm -hmm. I always said, if people who think money doesn't buy happiness, they don't know where to shop. Right, right, right property. You know, and I, I tell you, it, it's true. And the funny thing about this discussion, Josh, and I hope our viewers and listeners get this, we are capitalists, okay? I'm not a socialist, I'm not a communist. I don't believe those work, I really don't. And I don't believe because I've not seen any proof for the last 18,000 years that it does. Now. A lot of liberal people think, well, if you just try it one more time, Mike, if we just do this differently, uh, I'm guaranteeing you it will not work. It'll fail. The reason it'll fail is because you have to be responsible for your actions. And I think that's a lot of things like, for example, we're not far from Hollywood. What is Hollywood all about? Josh, you're going to read this script. 
and I'm going to put you on television and you're going to make me believe you're this character. And sure enough, you do it great. You pull it off and we make a movie. And guess what? We sell what? Fantasy. Now, how much of the ticket sell for going to a movie? What? There's a lot of money involved. It's a capitalist venture. You can lie through your teeth till the cows come home. You're in it for the money. In the, like the beginning, if these athletes and all these big people would say, I'm in it for the money, I would respect them a lot more. Honestly. Well, it, it would save a lot of hurt feelings. Like when the people try to ask Terry Bauer for an autograph and he rebuffed them, being no big deal because they're no, he's being honest with me. Right. Pay me and I'll write, I'll sign your thing. Okay. I don't like it, but that's honest. It's the truth. Right. No. And I've been on the other end. I've had really nice XL bad, uh, you know, artists and um, athletes say, hey, man, you know, hey, thanks for being out here. Do you want my autograph? No, I don't want your autograph. Care less about your yeah. autograph, right? Uh, so it goes, it goes both ways. But the the raw, honestly, we've gotten really good um, discussion, and we've gotten good feedback from those politicians, where they've been honest with questions they don't usually get. All right. Let and me interrupt. You real, thing. so you can use it. Uh, yeah. And one, and one thing I want to go before you go. Okay. Is that uh socialists and bernie sanders says said this you can look up bernie sanders interview with phil donahue remember phil donahue mm-hmm. right uh, it, rush limbaugh was the answer to phil donahue he was he was the first they're like oh there's never been a liberal Rush limbaugh yeah it was phil donahue who begat uh oprah and then begat uh rush limbaugh but he was the kind of the original so look up Bernie Sanders interview with Phil Donahue. And the crust of that interview is that the reason communists and socialist Democrats say that capitalism does not work is something that we dispel on this podcast. And it is that capitalists are hyper competitive with each other. And he can't collaborate the way my Christmas and myself are doing right now. So this is kind of a simultaneous thing. Yeah. And with the podcast, I cannot have gotten a high percentage in the NFL college football without feedback from the audience and feedback on Twitter and people sending me. I do this freely and I do it in front of everybody, but people send me secret messages and emails with tips, with things helping me to monetize, to make money. That is capitalism. College basketball, I have not would not be as high as we are without getting tips from sending people sending me direct messages on Twitter. I mean, they could put it in front where everybody can read, right? Because I'm about that. I'm about, and it's unfortunate if it's not you and who else is not now then when it's falling on top of you and I, Mike Prestonisi, to teach people how to communicate, listen, and collaborate. Because collaboration leads to innovation innovation correct and that's how capitalism <clears throat> evolves not the first because the first is capital and could be in trail wealth cleaning capital but once it evolves you got collaboration leading to innovation yeah that's exactly right and what i was going to say was i learned a long time ago i'm still learning and i hope people will learn this you have to learn to agree to disagree 
agreeably. Don't call me names. Don't question my if my mother and father were married when I was born. Don't start doing that. If we don't agree, make that a boundary in your conversation. And I like the fact that what we did with both Jim Desmond and Carl DeMaio and others, politicians come on our, broad, our podcast, we did not sucker punch them, okay? We did not set them up for a gotcha kind of question. That's baloney. We don't do that. I would never do that. And you and I don't like that when someone tries that because you smell it. You smell it from a long way away. Go, wait a minute. Wait, is there an agenda here? Do you have a narrative? I thought you came to talk to me about yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people here, here's a, there's a great book out called Boundaries. When to say yes, when to say no, how to get control of your life. People should read that. And when they read that, they say, oh my God, you mean I can say no and not feel guilty? Yes. You mean I can say no and someone may not like me? Yes. Can you live with that, Josh? Could you live with someone not liking you? You know what? I can. I wish they would. I'd like them to like me. I, I, I want certain people not to like you. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. That's where we are. And that's the point we are in our career where, you know, uh, firing clients is really more important than getting new, new clients. Yes. And uh, a company I was working with and everything went well, could, and it took them a long time to understand uh, for them to have a competitive advantage and to you personally to have a competitive advantage that Coach Mike and I are talking about right now is that you learn and you progress. It's back there, son, too. You learn and you progress through conflict and through disagreement. That's how you know uh, somebody is honest, right? And that's how you move forward. Now, where my personality and I grew up, there was a lot of name calling and there was a lot of people saying horrible things and getting personal, but you did not take it personally because you knew that that person was attempting at some point for their heart to be at the right place. And we lived in a different era. You met some people, you went to a bar, you got in a fight, you fought with them. You didn't leave them anybody behind and then you go out, right? And might not ever see them again, but that was the understanding of that night. You just then take off and call an Uber and leave your friends at the bar fighting, right? <laughs> you didn't that. So it was a different era, but I you learn a lot and you make a lot more money that way. You learn a lot because, uh, Another great book, and I'll have links to all the books we reference here, is The Four Agreements, right? Uh, and one of the four agreements is do not take it because it's not about you. When somebody starts getting personal, says horrible things about you, and they're not what we're talking about, the people we grew up with, our friends in high school, people we've known a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's, and they say 80% of people in jail is unresolved trauma and being kind of self-aware and we'll end Carl tomorrow with a self-awareness thing uh because man it's taken me 20 years to come up with a really good process that we do it in the sports betting which is you know the Hawthorne effect whatever you track and measure and decision science goes along with it you improve your performance uh 10 to 20 percent of the time and as you evolve in a marriage your spouse, if you're like uh, Mike Persinese and I who married up, 
your spouse, right, starts that of pointing out bluntly what your faults are. And they do it for their own survival because they're married to you. They don't want to see you making the same mistakes again, right? But when you pragmatically look at your decision making and you track it, right? And then you're honest with your feelings and you feel them. But like the Bible says, you know, it's not a sin to get angry. It's a sin to act upon your anger, right? So your father knows best, right? You had two kids. I, you know, my kids are my clients. You're supposed to have all the answers. You're supposed to be right all the time. So when you're wrong, what happens? You feel embarrassed. You feel humiliated. You feel suicide. You have to feel those things. You can't subjugate them because if you don't feel those things they come out in weird ways so when somebody's calling you a name they're getting personal and they're coming after you calling you horrible names that's what it is it's really what they're doing is they're talking about themselves and they don't have self-awareness that we'll talk about carl the mile that came out because yeah. when you talk to somebody a half hour everything comes out you know that person in full so that's why I think this is one of the greatest podcasts of all times where you get that kind of depth with highly, we're talking both Jim Desmond and Carl DeMaio are in the top 1%, right? Top 1% are people that make $350,000 a year or more. Jim Desmond's been making that for the last 20 years. So he's been in the top 12%, but who cares if he's in the top 12%? He spent time with us giving us honest answers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you you can get your 1%. That's capitalism too. So we got a lot of capitalism in here. Yeah. So let me get to this self-awareness piece. Then we'll go to George Navarro. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Indigo Girls have a great song, you know. Uh, they're two, they're a, a great, talented, lesbian, uh, musical act right and they have a great song called closer to fine right and in closer to fine my one of the lyrics i love is uh darkness has a hunger that's insatiable mm. and lightness has a call that's hard to hear right mm. and uh, they reminded me of the dichotomy you know in, in what it says is Closer, you know, the less I see the source for my, you know, divinity or affinity, the closer I am to find, right, this truth that's in a crooked line. And, and that is one of the main things that people do not understand about business and success. I'm talking about highly successful, and I've been fortunate in that. As a little kid, we used to have a billionaire guy come to the house that, you know, ran a multi-billion dollar religious organization. I opened up a hole in the wall in a redneck town in Florida 25 years ago. And one of my best regulars was George Steinbrenner, the billionaire owner of the New York Yankees, mm -hmm. Aldo Lahey. Look up Aldo Lahey. I'll have a link in the episode notes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alp South. He's like, Josh, I do prosthetics for 50 cents, sell them for $5,000 to the hospital. The most important part of business is margin. That's why I talk about 
college basketball, 68%. 52.5% is break even. We make you that margin that Aldo Lahi, former fighter pilot in the Italian um, Air Force, gets a job at G as an engineer in plastics, patents his old plastics, runs a billion dollar prosthetics company, and comes into my restaurant to eat Cuban food. Barely speaking English, all he spoke was Italian. I'm talking about listening. <laughs> I'm listening to a guy and learning from him. Life lessons, jewel in a language that I don't even know. I don't know Italian, but figured it out what he was saying. All right. So uh, business is a crooked line, hole in the wall restaurant in redneck town, but you have billionaires who can eat anywhere they want in the world. They can take a plane and go eat in France. And they're in my hole in the wall place with a bunch of rednecks who are supposed to be racist, but they've fed me and, and gave me a good life for many, many years in good old Pinellas Park, Florida. Look that place up, Pinellas Park, Florida. Life is a crooked line and we'll have a, a link to I think the best business book I've ever read, uh, Phil Knight, right? He runs the Oregon program, the owner of Nike, Shoe Dog. And he's a basis and an example for the podcast because he was very honest, right? He wrote a million dollar check that he knew would bounce, but he had to do it. And he circles back at the end of the book, he says, Business is messy. So I don't care how much money you have, how smart you are, how much you get. That's why partnerships don't work. That's why 30 years of business, I've seen one partnership work. And I've seen three or four murders of partners who have murdered each other, right? Because partnerships do not work. Collaboration does, which collaboration 100% works is the basis, the richest country in the world. But, right, partnerships do not work. So circling back to Carl DeMaio and self-awareness, yeah. uh, I said, okay, which I see as a big roadblock for him, right? And, and it is the fact that he is gay, right? And we established on the podcast, the people don't care, but who does care, right? The people who care are the people who lost him his last election. So let me know what you think, Mike Christianese. Uh, and we'll have links to all this. Yeah. Uh, when he came on the list today, Daryllissa, and he said that at some point we'll, we'll have Daryllissa on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and I'm sure he'll he has an answer for the you know newspaper report that he resigned about the first time and then he's come back and run where, you know, it clearly links him in the Cleveland mob. So he doesn't do this right out of a vacuum, right? Somebody gave him numbers and said, listen, we're going to give you plausible deniability. We're going to run this through a pack and we're going to gay bait and get you those 2000 votes you need to beat Carl DeMaio. Carl DeMaio knows about this in his eyes. 
and you guys can see it on YouTube. You got the video. His eyes got big when I told him. Uh, and it's funny, you know, to name drop and not to name drop. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake is involved with a client and my client's wife is running for state assembly. Everybody knows that I'm center right conservative, but she's a Democrat, but she's a right center Democrat. And really what I think is what Carl DeMaio was talking about that this is such a Democrat place that people who are Republicans or conservatives have to go to the Republic, uh, Democratic Party to get paid running a political racket. You can't get paid running a political racket with the Republicans and they have less talent. So they have an app and they have specific frequent voters they want to target. So she's like, listen, we got this list. We're going to give you Republican women. And I told Carl DeMaio on the podcast. His eyes got big. It's like, Josh, tell these Republican women about the gas tax and that the guy I'm running against is for the gas tax. They Carl DeMaio's gay. Tell them, da da da, engage them. You got a good personality. You click with them. And that's what I did. And I said, hey, he's gay. How do you feel about that? Da da da. I'm just letting you know that not going to align with your conservative values. You go to church, right? Freedom Caucus, Mike Pence types. Bam, she wins the election. I told Cardamaya, his eyes got big. And I said, Freedom Caucus will not vote for you. So again, today, uh, this is the 25th of February, big vote came out with LGBTQ versus the Freedom Caucus, right? And 80% of Republicans, not all of them, 80% of Republicans, right, voted against the LGBTQ measure. 20% did. The whole point of this is that Carl DeMaio is, and I said, you're the poster boy for a, a third party, because I think obviously this country needs a third and a fourth party. Uh, we're too polarized, we're too far left, we're too far right. Probably need two parties in a center. You need a center right uh, party and you need a center left party to balance out the far right and to balance out the far left. So the far right right are the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and uh, those folks. The far left is Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Antifa. That's your far left. So those are kind of crazy. We need a center right and a center left party to kind of balance that all out, right? So I said, you're the poster boy for that because 20, right now, he cannot win an election and left San Diego that's going very, very left because of the gay baiting, right? Daryl Lissa did to win. And I'm not uh, this is not a thesis. This is not a hypothetical. These are numbers. This is what happened. <laughs> it's real documented and we'll, we'll link. This is exactly what happened. And not more, more than once, right? It's me, what they were telling me to do with numbers, right? Not the results. She won. Daryl Lissom won with the gay baby. And he's like, I don't know, da-da-da. Um, and what I'm doing right there, right? It's the same thing I do in sports betting. Uh, it's called the Hawthorne effect. Mm -hmm. It's called 
uh, checking your thinking, right? Right. Uh, it's what our wives do, but you improve your performance. So just looking from a purely technical standpoint, if he does a review and fixes that, which is basically what I'm telling you, he probably wins his next election by fixing that problem or going ahead of it. He knows how to do it. Hey, I'm gay. You might not like me, but this is what you do like, but it might be more important than your disapproval of gay people, especially since he's in the Republican Party. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that and all the self-awareness combined to what we saw in the podcast? Yeah, I was, uh, I was very impressed with his honesty. I mean, he talked about the fact that he was basically orphaned and he was raised kind of in the Jesuit community back east. And that's how he got his training, which may or may not have contributed to him becoming gay. I don't know. He didn't know that. But the thing about DeMaio that I like is the fact that he is, my words, not yours. He's a fighter. He's pugnacious. He doesn't necessarily take things personally. He says, okay, you don't like me or you don't like this. Okay, let's put that aside. Let's get this accomplished. So he gets to be very, your word, outcome-based, very results-focused, right? And that's what you have to do in business and politics and relationships. There's a good book about Jesuits because Jesuits yeah. are really good about as far as education. And uh, education is important for everyone because you never in life stop learning because life never stops teaching. Teaching. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that kind of surprised me about Demaya was that he is ready for more fights. My word's not his necessarily, but more. Uh, engagements and he's he is really on board with this Gavin Newsom recall because he just feels like and I have to give him credit for this Josh he feels like Californians are being cheated so that's across the board that's bipartisan I think a lot of Californians would agree with that Democrat Republican Libertarian uh, it doesn't matter what your you know flavor is so uh, and I'm ready for the counterattack right because uh, they're going to have a list right in voter suppression it's because for the most part, you can't change people's minds. So voter suppression. So they'll say, all right, Carlos Miles is involved with the with the, the recall. Uh, remember, they'll go and they'll send literature. They'll send somebody out to conservative Freedom Caucus, Mike Pence supporters, and say, hey, do you really want to vote for this? Carlos uh, Miles is gay, <laughs> right? They'll say that, and of course, they're gonna they're gonna label the. Newsom recall as Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, oh, yeah, and right. neo-Nazis who <laughs> want the recall. But what is important to us is self-awareness, right? Uh, he has to have that self-awareness and the fact that uh, if it works, it's going to happen again. So he has to come up yeah. with a good answer to the Freedom Caucus the Mike Pence wing of the Republican Party who are not accepting, right? And I've always uh, thought about it that, but again, we go back to uh, what things are, right? Because in business, it's not what we hope them to be, mm. it's what things are. Uh, that type of folk traditionally have no problem with somebody who is cheats on his wife or gets divorced four or five times. But if you're gay, no. <laughs> but 
the point of it and how it ties into true crime, how it ties to horse racing, and we'll pivot that to George Navarro, is self-awareness. <clears throat> Have your that self-awareness of, because Mike Persinis has talked about influence, and then when you evolve and you get to the level uh, Mike Persinis and I are now, you have pre-influence. So what pre-influence is and marketing versus selling. If you pre-influence is good, if your marketing is good, right. Right, right. that eliminates sales. So you make your sales guys into really good marketing guys into pre-influence. Yeah. What pre-influence is, is that you clearly tell the story about yourself, your company or whatever, and you monetize that very, very fast. But to do that, you have to be aware of yourself and you have to have a detailed understanding of the reaction of the triggers of the people around you, right? And how to interpret those triggers that in this case, in that specific item, we talked about Carla Miles' self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and what helped them with money in that what I, I see as maybe even a lack of self-awareness of how him being gay affects him and all that money he's putting into his politics, we get to the ignorance of George Navarro, hmm. right? So we pick up the story of George Navarro, what we talked about in the podcast before the Jim Desmond podcast. And we were gonna get into bigger deaths, right? Into George Navarro. Yeah. So George Navarro, we'll start with the ending and then we'll go back. Gets indicted for spiking horses. And what I feel is one of the main reasons after this maybe decade long investigation, he gets nabbed is because, and we'll talk about it a little later after Coach Mike uh, gives his point, because of Saudi Arabia and the situation that was going on with Saudi Arabia at the time. Yeah. And really when we talked about him getting nabbed it was really when the $12,000 horse becomes a $39 million horse, some uh, Robin Hood, Wall Street bets kind of score that we all want. Yeah. Happened is because they tested the horse after they won the Saudi Cup, and we just had a Saudi Cup last week. Yeah. Uh, the test came out dirty, and they withheld what we've been talking about all night, the money. So what was the, the point you made, you were making the insight you got from um, that we were speaking about earlier about George uh, Navarro? So as with all of us who started off in our careers and didn't know a lot, we had people in our lives that spoke into our lives and we listened. And generally speaking, and this is very general, very broad, but generally speaking, those people had our best interests at heart, okay? yourself, the people who got in your life, my people, my friends. And so what happens is you get to a place in your life 
where you say, gee, I've learned an awful lot. I think I can handle this on my own. I really don't need mentors. I don't need advisors. I don't need anyone speaking in my life, okay? All of a sudden, someone comes along and says, like, let's say Mike and Josh, hey, Josh, I got an idea for you. How'd you like to make $50 million? Sure, what's involved? Glad you asked. Not much, really. Just a couple things here, a couple things there. And if you'll just do this and do that, turn your head here, turn your head there, you'll have more money you know what to do with. How's that sound, Josh? Mike, I'm all in. And all of a sudden, you just bought, you just, I hooked you, you took the bait, and now you're mine. <laughs> this is a line, you're mine, Maggot. Because now, whatever I say you're going to do, if you don't do, I'll blackmail you. Right. You've already got yourself in a trap. And I think what happened with Navarro, he was a good horse trainer. I will give you that. He was a good horse trainer. And all of a sudden, he found a way to start kind of cheating and coming up with these drugs and engineering drugs where they couldn't be detected. Josh, you and I both know you start doing that. You're way, you're way too deep in. He wasn't doing it, right? So the people above him were doing it. And uh, okay. a lot of it is that you have smart people that we talk about that know how to commit crimes and not get caught. And they're in the high end or the ones that know how to pay off uh, the FBI and not get caught. So George Navarro, uh, and we're talking about the mistakes of George Navarro, so we don't make them, right? Or we identify him and uh, we, it becomes uh, kind of a, a theme or a trigger point to the true crime series, right? Yes, yes. Right. I think one thing George did not do, and one thing I've said for years, I call him Mr. Hand questions. Who, what, when, where, why, how much, how many? I don't think he asked enough questions, to be honest. I think he heard something. His ears were tickled. He said, how much money? And they said millions. We heard the millions. So he went from letter A to about letter M in his alphabet. And right. he skipped all the due diligence. And that's what you're known for. You ask a lot of questions. You document things. You verify, you make sure, okay, Mike, one more time. You said that you don't kill people, right? Well, Josh, I didn't say that. I, I meant it. Wait, <laughs> stop. <laughs> you kill people or you don't kill people? Well, you know, Josh, you have to do is time out. Stop. <laughs> you're going to keep rewinding that tape until you get me to admit, yes, I kill people. At that point, you're going to say, I don't think we can do business together. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Goodbye. And I don't think Navarro had the maybe the mental acuity to do that. I think he got caught and then his pride got in the way. That's what I think happened to George Navarro. Right. So you got pride. Now, loose lips, same trip. So you always have to do your own research. And I'm reading the Washington Post. So just because it's the Washington Post doesn't mean they're right. Just means it's the Washington Post. You got to do your own research. It says here, uh, this article about George Navarro, it's a hundred billion global industry. Try one trillion. Okay, that's that number is ten times. So that's why George Navarro got away for so long, uh, spiking horses, right? And a point that uh, Coach Mike and Mike Trisinese made is that this was a sophisticated scheme with drugs and steroids that he was uh, injecting into horses that wasn't necessarily detected 
by uh, test or a gym, a person who had a position like Jim Desmond or an activist like the or the opposite of Jim Desmond in the opposite of DeMaio, because DeMaio has his own money, he wouldn't do this. He doesn't have to. Yeah. But people who did have to, right? Yes. Allowed this to happen in the United States because either when the test came out, they didn't detect it, or it did come out in the Carl activist who would be a you know fake animal activist, right? Didn't act upon it or got paid not to act upon it. Is that your name? For the divorce member, all right? Yeah. So FBI agents raided barns in Florida, Ocala, Florida. And uh, relevance to me is that I was there, and those are the bad boy farms. Mm. Gambino family, right? And Gambino's famous. Oh, Gambino, sure. John Gotti. Yeah. John Gotti. So, those drugs prosecuted were engineered right, to avoid detection by regulators. Now, we know there's something wrong with that because the Saudis figured it out right away with, with maximum security. So, again, uh, you have to do your own. I made so much money in cases and business cases yeah. to my own research and knowing how to do my own research and be able to be lawyers in court. So he got charged with, as we get well, let, let's hang on, hang on one second. Let's put a name, let's put a name to what you just said, okay? There is a co defendant in this whole process that Navarro is said to have paid, a guy named Seth Fishman. And according okay. to Diamond, he was a licensed veterinarian who received tens of thousands of dollars to purchase what they call PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. And then they got the BB3 and the TP, ITP and all those different things. And these are all these are all custom made drugs, Josh. So right. you've, you've got a, a veterinarian. Okay, now here, it goes back to our system. A guy who goes to school, gets licensed, has probably a love for animals. And somebody says, hey, Seth, you know, you're making X amount of dollars a year. How'd you like to quintuple that this year? Right. What do you have to do? Well, simple. I've got this drug and it helps horses win races. You want to get involved? Yeah. That sounds innocuous. It sounds innocent. <laughs> Guess what? He just stepped in a bear trap, Josh. He just got his foot in a bear trap. Now he's going to go to prison for a long time. Now, one of the drugs I had in college, working on a race in college, was uh, credit granting to doctors and lawyers, people with high cash flow. So a guy like a veterinarian, you know, said fish and tight, uh, will have a successful veterinary office. He gets a uh, very attractive uh, nursing assistant, whatever, at least wife one with four kids, has four kids with uh, the gorgeous, whatever. The next thing you know, Fishman has 14 kids and three wives and playing alimony. He's paying for kids to go to college. So people are like, oh, how would a guy like Fishman do something like this? Well, yeah. I don't. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, right. Network of assistant trainers or veterinarians that we talked about, drug member and identify owner. So, somebody as dumb as George Navarro couldn't really run the whole. So, he's right there at the bottom where he used to be, but it was very lucrative when you take a horse like Maximum Security that's a $12,000 horse and you make him into $39 million. million. Yeah. 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 Wall Street bets right there. Right. I'm going to read 
a little bit of the stupidity of Navarro, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The indictment alleges a service with dope, doping maximum security. Then remember, got busted in Saudi Arabia. Saudi that Arabia. during this time, yeah. uh, I wouldn't have gone to Saudi Arabia. Neither would Mike Christianese, because this is the time where Khashoggi got killed. Uh, the prince is hanging out with it. Kushner um, and Vladimir Putin. There's a lot of eyes. So uh, the duck that quacks the loudest gets shot. You don't want to quack at all in Saudi Arabia at this time because it's the kingdom's money. And this is a, uh, that's why I love so much that we live in the greatest country of the world and I love the USA so much because people here don't understand that when you go to Russia, Putin and the Communist Party knows every single thing you're doing. You mm -hmm. go to China. Cuba, North Korea. You're, even when you're doing real estate, and we've had a podcast on that too. When you're yeah. doing real estate dealings with somebody from China, somebody from North Korea, you're doing business with, because there's such a mesh group, they have zero individuality, you're doing business with a communist Chinese party. When you buy something and the labels from China, you're buying it from the communist party, and they feel that they're smarter than all us Americans, and their culture is superior to us. All of them feel that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. obviously, service and the world did not know this. That yeah. when you go to a Saudi cop, right? You are doing business or cheating, but it's no longer the person who's in the position of Jim Desmond and, um, Carl DeMaio, you're dealing with the Saudi Kingdom, right? So the drug known as SGF-1000. Yeah, SGF-1000. Endurance. And then, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, Bob Blafford has had a lot of horses like this as one, and he's been caught, but he doesn't because of selective prosecution. And he's on that higher level network. I, sure. I call the high-end mafia. High-end mafia, yes. It, they never get caught. They never really suffered any time. Baffert's been married like five times, right? Yeah. So Navarro yeah. started training horses himself in 2010. Remember, he's a horse walker. So he becomes a horse walker. Mm -hmm. And in the last decade, he's made $34 million. So again, we talked about street uh, maxims and crimes that he committed mistakes. Don't commit two crimes at the same time. That's what you get caught in Saudi Arabia. Don't go back to the scene of a perfect crime. You make 34 million, 3.5 in assets plus three, know the numbers and you'll know everything. 3.5 million in assets, 3.5 liquid, you can retire comfortably. He made 34 million. What did he do with that? Obviously we know he's in the mob, so he had to kick some of that up. Yeah. But he, he made enough, right? Right. And loose lips, King six chips. So he makes a video. Loose lips sink ships. So he makes a video surface of Navarro celebrating a victory. Was he high? Was he drunk? We don't know, probably no. Was he trying to brag to some new broad he just met? We don't know. That's a lot, those are a lot of triggers of stupidity there. Makes a video showing Navarro celebrating a victory with a winning horse's owner, right? 
That's the juice. The owner of Shower. Idiot, right? More. I remember um, Mike Gill's an owner that we had first in the park. Mm -hmm. That's the way we do it. We F U C K everyone. Yeah. Don't train it now. I'll suspect the video inspired the FBI investigation, which is stupid. So it's funny, you're reading this uh, Washington Post article, and it's such horrible inaccurate journalism that if we hadn't done so much reading, read some other things and actually read the actual indictment that yeah. we'll have a link to on the market, we wouldn't be able to really interpret what's really going on. But the important part of it was that this is a wide, vast network. That he was just a cog in the wheel at the bottom, but was making a lot of money because it's not what it says in the article, a hundred billion dollar industry. Yeah. Which kind of leads to us why the true crime yeah. uh, horse racing source it's a one trillion dollar with a T, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to bring this into close to bring it for landing, yeah. you have a lot of people in a lot of industries, and especially the horse racing industry, which is completely controlled by the mafia. If you don't think it is, you're sadly mistaken. Okay. You don't it's like going to Las Vegas, you don't win. The house wins 94.3% of the time. I'm sorry. I don't, you might have the greatest system in the world. You're not going to beat them. And I think Navarro, I think somehow got a little delusional or got a little big head or whatever you want to call it, Josh. And he says, look, I'm on top and rising, man. I, I'm the king. I'm going to make a video. I'm going to have my fun. And that's when the arrogance, and I think the Bible says pride cometh before the fall. And his pride bigger than Detroit and he just fell and now look he's probably gonna spend the rest of his life in prison and Seth and all these other guys they're going to be right there with him so the the real caveat to the audience viewing and listening audience is look ask a lot more questions before you jump and read study ask more questions find out more information do more diligence do your homework and if you have what we call a check in the gut or a check in your spirit that's probably a warning saying don't move forward with these people and if you don't have that check still have people in your life that can speak in your life and say are you sure josh are you 100 sure are you are you, you really going to pull the trigger meaning you're going to close the deal or make the transaction and if people in your life say they'll ask those kind of questions you say you know mike I, you know you're right i don't know okay if you don't know back up or back off that would be my suggestion. And like you said earlier, it is so much easier to say no to a client that you know is going to be trouble. Just say no right up front. I know that's hard for young entrepreneurs to say no because they need the money and they want to get a client. I get it. We get it. We've been there. But there comes a point where you say, you know, Josh, I just don't think we're a fit. I don't think we're compatible. Uh, I'd like to refer you to somebody else. Oh, okay. Thanks, Mike. And you're off my plate. And uh, we're going to do some research, find out who that owner is, because that's going to be the next podcast where we're going to profile. We profiled one of the trainers. We profiled the second trainer, George Navarro. We'll have links. And uh, we noticed in this Washington Post article how flawed it was, how it had a lot of misinformation. Uh, the reporting was horrible, right? The reporter should have known that this has been an ongoing investigation for 10 years. And they knew everything that was going on, it only blew up 
the Saudis got the sample from the spiked horse. And remember, they yeah. didn't just stop, right? After the Saudi Cup, maximum security, right, um, was allowed to run in the Kentucky Derby, won the Triple Crown race, and won the Triple Crown race, and won money there, won money in a place near and dear to our hearts, with Mike Persini's, won money, and uh, we'll post it on the episode notes, and we'll write it up. We'll do a lot better journalism and reporting to the Washington Post, but won a, a race in Del Mar that we've been to many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. We'll profile an owner because that's the mistake he made. George Navarro needed to fire the owner that said what he said, right? Yeah. That spilled the beans, that snitched on that whole thing on a video, right? No less. So we know somebody as stupid as George Navarro to make that type of mistake, uh, he wasn't running this whole wide network. And that the fact that maximum security still ran in Del Mar, still ran the yep. crown races, right? Yep. Uh, you can't get uh, better information on the horse racing industry. Right? Yeah. And the level and depth of the corruption, corruption that exists and how the law enforcement and judicial systems work here, how selective prosecution works. Mm -hmm. And one of the themes of the podcast, Horse Racing True Crime, is that justice and the law are distant cousins at best. Any final words before we, we close with Winston Churchill? You and I both have known George Navarro's in our lives. Okay, let's be honest, transparency for the audience. We have sometimes been tempted. I have been tempted, perhaps you've been tempted, but there comes a point in your life where you say, boy, this seems to be too good to be true. Guess what? It is. <laughs> if it's too good to be true, you want to run. And I have learned in my life, and it's cost me money, it's cost me relationships, There, you need to know when to fish and when to cut bait. You need to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, when to run, as Kenny Rogers would say. Right. So, Josh, you and I are helping people, hopefully, start to recognize the people in their lives. Well, you know, short-term loss, long-term gain. And uh, yeah. time, at times can be hard to work with because what we do is we take a guy like Kenny Woods and we have a meeting with them, we go to the bathroom, we notice in the medicine camp there's an Amgen, we go and we flush it down the toilet, right? If he's our client, the person we work, we flush it all down the toilet. We say, hey man, you already gotten in three car crashes we're not gonna let you have any amb amb you know, ambient anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we, George Navarro would say, hey, uh, you made 34 million. The last thing you need is uh, an owner snitching on you on video. That's yeah. the last thing you need. Fire that guy. You don't need the money. You yeah. got your system in place. Yeah. And stay in the good old USA. Don't take a spiked horse. Saudi Arabia. 
because they got the best testing and uh, they test you there. You're not going to get out of it. Khashoggi didn't get out of it. And for sure, Jason right. Service, George Navarro are not going to get out of it. Mess, messing with the kingdom, bringing a, a spike horse inside a cup. What an insult. So we always close with Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. That's why we give so much. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast. Make sure all the streams are ended. The recording has stopped. I'm the best there is.